Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. I'm so excited you've tuned into Soul H2O Radio. On today's episode, we're talking about the mandate God has given each generation to pass down their faith to the next generation. Episode 34 features an interview with children's book author Janet Surrett as she passionately shares how we can avoid the failure to transmit our faith and leave behind a loving legacy. Don't forget to subscribe, like, write a review, and share the podcast on your social media platforms so people can share in the refreshing. Take time to download one of the Soul H2O journal pages to help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can find the journal pages and information about our guest on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 34, and then I'll meet you right back here on Joy Radio. I've been called a connector even a professional promoter of good stuff. God uses me to connect people all the time, and I love doing this. I share my friends and don't hoard them. If I'm talking to you and all of a sudden think of someone who could help you, I'll send you a message connecting you. I'm guessing some of you listening have actually experienced that. If I try a new shampoo and it works great, expect for me to let you know. A new software that saves me time or money? You're going to hear about it. So why would it be any different when it comes to passing along my faith? More than anything in the world, I want to pass my faith along. That's why I send out weekly devotions, write books, run an online ministry, have a radio podcast show, and created this specific show to show focus on how to pass along your faith to the next generation. I've spent the past 28 years doing my best to show and tell my kids about the most incredible, saving, freeing, life-giving relationship of my life. I've passed along as much information as I could to help my children learn to ride a bike, tie their shoes, learn to read, figure out math, put on nail polish, drive a car, and heal from hurts. But by far, The most important things I've passed along have been the information about who God is, what his word says, and how much he loves them. God's done so much for me. I just can't keep it to myself. To me, it would be like knowing the cure for cancer and letting it remain a secret. Or knowing the solution to how caramel got the caramel inside the chocolate and never sharing the recipe. Who would keep this good, life-changing, life-producing, tasty information to themselves? Not anyone nice. I want to make sure that what I'm about to share with you is what you needed to hear. But unfortunately, it's not necessarily what I've perfectly lived out all the time. I don't want you to be thinking that I've got it all right. I'm by far not perfect. I blunder with my kids all the time and haven't successfully passed along my faith to my kids. Not completely yet, but I'm doing my best. I want to share with you what I see in scripture and share from my experiences what I've done wrong and what I've done right to help my kids see a relationship with God as valuable and good and to know God for themselves. So the first thing that I want you to know what you need to do is to be intentional 
to teach your kids about God and his word. If you're not intentional, it won't happen. Deuteronomy 11 verses 18 to 20. It it repeats Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 12. And these portions of scripture really mirror each other and are almost carbon copy with just a few differences. But in these portions of scripture, God says, fix these words of mine in your heart and minds. Tie them as reminders on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Get them in. Teach them to your children, speaking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates so that as long as the heavens are above the earth, your days and those of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord your God swore to give to your fathers. Did you get that? God's trying to make a huge point here about passing on your faith. Well, I see that it's not just a classroom type of learning atmosphere that he's suggesting. The next thing that I think you have to be focused on to pass along your faith is to make it natural. God is directing us to teach his word through life lessons in these scriptures. When you're at home, driving in the car, on a walk, going to bed, and getting up. Long car rides were the best for this, raising my kids. Direct your children's attention to the blue skies that God created. Talk about the beautiful flowers he designed. And discuss the corn stalks that he's growing to bring them food. Let your kids see God in the everyday, every day. And that way, they'll be more apt to see them for themselves when they live on their own. The next thing that I think you should do is to make it fun. Now, sometimes to make it fun and to invest in your kids' faith, it's going to cost you. Anything worth investing in is going to cost you. And the next generation is worth everything we have. I bought CDs, tons of books. I took them to Christian events, Christian concerts, services at our church. We hung out with other fun Christian families. It cost money and it was worth every penny. When my kids were little, I would make scripture memorization fun by having charts with stars and prizes for reaching goals. I also helped to put these scriptures into practice so they knew what to do with them. When they couldn't sleep, I would remind them of a verse we memorized together, Philippians 4, 8, that says, Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about those things. And then I'd help them to direct their thoughts on good things. And then, magically, their fears would subside as we talked about the good. This was also a good time to talk about another verse they memorized, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, and how important it is to take every thought captive and to learn to control your thoughts. It was in those bedtime moments that I was able to pass along faith and the truth from God's scripture that would help my kids to live their lives, that they could come to understand at a young age that God has given them the ability to take control of their thoughts, to focus on good things, and that that would reduce the fear and help them to have a good night's sleep. The next thing you need to do is to make sure that it is applicable to their life. Make it applicable. 
I help them learn those scriptures and then put them into practice. Passing on your faith to the next generation is a holy calling that plays a part in God's master plan for the world. It's God's vehicle to get his blessing from one generation to the next. In Genesis 18, verses 18 to 19, Abraham is talked about, and it says, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. You know what? Abraham wasn't going to be around for every generation past him. So God, in speaking this to Abraham, was wanting each generation to take the responsibility on themselves to pass it along to their kids, to pass along the blessing of God from one generation to the other. And don't think you're off the hook if you're not a parent. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, You must be very careful not to forget the things you have seen God do for you. Keep reminding yourselves and tell your children and grandchildren as well. God wants your faith to be multi-generational. I remember my grandfather giving us money if we learned scripture and a Gary McSpadden song that told us about God's goodness. Grandpa was willing to put his money on the line to pass along his faith. Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, friends of parents, we need to teach children faith. We need to teach them that God is good, that he is kind, that God is for them, that he loves them so much that he came down to earth so that they would know what he's like by seeing Jesus. And then you've got to be real. Sometimes when I was in a serious discussion with my kids and they were older, I'd recognize that what I was trying to teach, I wasn't living out the best of my ability. So I've jokingly said to my kids, do as I say, not as I do. And then we all would laugh. I can joke about it, but if you live your life like this on a constant basis with your kids, it won't take them long to recognize that your words mean nothing. It's so much easier to teach your kids the right things, but if we're not living examples of the good way for them, if we tell them to trust God, but whenever life gets hard, we fall apart and turn away from God, what are we teaching them? If you tell your kids, when it comes to religion, we're not about the rules, we're about relationship. But live a checkmark list, rule-following, ritualistic, dry, boring faith before their eyes, What's going to make them want to follow in that? You have to show them something good to follow. And then you have to back up your talk with your walk. Proverbs 23, 26 says, My son and my daughter, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. It's a dangerous scripture. Do we want our kids to observe, to really pay attention to our ways. I remember how Paul says, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. There are certain things I don't want my kids to follow after me. I want to be saying like what Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ and in those things where I'm following Christ. Because you see, kids can see a hypocrite and there's a difference between making a mistake 
or being a hypocrite. And kids can pick that out. So do your best to practice what you preach. If you want your kids to be thankful, lead the way and start speaking gratefulness to others in their earshot without saying, did you hear me be thankful? Want the youngins to speak kind to each other? Lead the way and have the conversations they overhear you having be laced with love and filled with kind words. The next thing you need to do is discuss the difficult things. I guess this sort of goes back to being real, but I find a failure to transmit your faith can happen when you sugarcoat life and don't share the tough stuff with kids at age-appropriate times in age-appropriate languages, of course. When you don't address the difficult things, though, your kids might find holes in your faith and when real life happens to them, not see how faith in God can help the really bad stuff in their life. The Bible says in Joel 1 how God gave Joel a message to share with the people, how how to share with your kids about a plague of locusts, something we might not have to discuss with the kids in North America. But just this year, my Kenyan friends sadly had to have discussions like this with their kids. Joel said to the people way back when, hear this, you elders, listen, all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your ancestors? Tell your children about it and let your children tell their children and their children the next generation. What the devouring locust has left, the swarming locust has eaten, what the swarming locust has left, the young locust has eaten, and what the young locust has left, the destroying locust has eaten. You might be thinking, what? God wants us to talk to our kids about things like plagues? Um, are you meaning to discuss things like the coronavirus, world poverty, or really discussing our family problems? You bet your bottom dollar he does. Joel shared how God is encouraging people to tell their children about the hard times. Sometimes parents focus too much on the tough stuff or completely ignore it. I think there's maybe more the latter. Neither side of the proverbial ditch will make the trip down the road smoother. Either side of the ditch is out of balance. And if you want to help your kids, you have to balance things out so it doesn't create fear. The Bible is true when John records Jesus saying, in this world, you will have troubles. And does he do this just to freak children out, to scare them into doing what he wants them to do when he wants them to do it? No. Jesus makes his motives clear in John 33, as he says, In this world you will have troubles. I have told you these things, that you're going to have trouble, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Your expression of the bad things of this fallen world should be spoken in a way to bring peace to a child's heart not fear. Emphasize how you know God is bigger than any problem. I used to tell my kids, problems always have solutions. Because if Jesus is telling the truth in the verse we just read and just talked about, which I believe he is, then his overcoming the world makes a difference to my circumstances and to your circumstances. 
Kids need to know the good and the bad so they won't be thrown off course when the difficulties of life come their way. And come they will. Trouble finds us all. I'm concerned when parents want to shelter their kids from every issue and never let them fail. It's not beneficial. It won't help them prepare for adult life, where struggles are as common as Tim Horton's coffee shops in my hometown, Hamilton, Ontario. Discussing the difficulties of life with a godly perspective will set your kids up for success and help them to build their faith, not dismantle their beliefs. If you teach the next generation to look at their difficult circumstances and believe that God is working on their behalf, that he's going to use all the things that happen in their life to bring out something good so they don't give up in the middle of a bad season, then you'll be helping your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, or kids in your life to not be overwhelmed when trouble strikes. Be honest about the difficulties. Face reality, but share stories of how God helped you get through hard times and gave you strength in the midst of them. And one really important thing is for you to know that you have to repeat the lessons. Deuteronomy 6 verses 6 to 12 says, These words I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Faith isn't something you can pass along with one discussion or by taking your kids to church one day a week. This information has to be repeated in order for it to stick. I'm passing along as much good information to my children about who God is, what his word says, how much he loves them, and I'm trying to model a healthy, balanced, life-giving relationship with Christ so my kids will most naturally choose a relationship with Christ. But I've come to realize that I can only pass along information. I can't make anyone believe that information, and I absolutely can't pass on relationships. Even though a deep relationship with God is what I desperately want my kids to have. You see, relationship is something people choose for themselves. Even the best parent, our Heavenly Father, doesn't force his kids to choose relationship with him. He doesn't force indoctrinate his children. No, he lovingly invites them in a relationship and lets them choose. So as much as you'd like to force your faith and relationship with God on your children for their good... I'd encourage you not to do that. It usually backfires or only produces legalistic churchgoers and not people passionately in love with Christ. If you want to avoid the failure to transmit your faith and leave behind a loving legacy, make sure to be intentional to teach your kids about God and His Word. Make it natural. Make it fun. Make it applicable to their life. Be real. Back up your talk with your walk. Discuss the difficult things. Repeat the lessons. And then let them choose. We are open. We're open. We are 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 open. 
curbside, contactless, online, or in person. However you've adapted, let Toronto know you're open for business. Connect with Joy Radio's growing network of GTA Christians today. Learn how at joyradio.ca slash sales. That's joyradio.ca slash sales. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. For today's Soul H2O interview, we have Janet Surrett. She's a wife, mother, multi-award winning author and Bible teacher. Janet's ministry aim is to engage readers and listeners with biblical truth in a way that inspires them to apply it for their own joy, the good of their families, and the health of their churches. Janet enjoys life with her husband, Glenn, and their three teenage daughters, Taylor the Strong, Avery the Good, and Scarlett the Loud. Janet, it's so great to have you with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, I love how, you know, each girl has their, like, hero name, and uh, I'm sure I'd get along with Scarlett the Loud. We used to say that if they were queens of Narnia, we like how they used to say that in the in the book and the oh, movie. So yeah. that's that's what they would be. There you go. That's really great. That's very cute. So um, you know, whenever people are listening in the audience, they're always wanting to connect with um, the people that I have on the show. They can go onto the show notes, but you know, just if they're listening and they want to go and to find you, what's your website and social media that you love where they can find you? Well, they can find me at uh, com, and what I'd have on there is uh, some itinerary, but there's a whole blog section that would have resources, um, particularly about how to apply the wisdom of Scripture to everyday life. And then I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. They get me at Janet Surrett Author on Instagram and Janet Hartland Surrett on Facebook. Okay. Well, you are definitely a social girl. And, um, you know, it's been great getting to know you these last, I don't know, it's been really only like a month and a half, I guess, that I've uh, got to meet you. Um, And it was really neat. I've learned and I think I wanted to share a little bit to the audience, a little bit more about you and why you're on this show, as we're talking about passing on our faith to the next generation. So in October of 2019, just last year, your newest children's release, with B&H Publishing Scarlet Spectacles. Uh, join the, the shelves with your, uh, your first book, The Prince and the Gift. And mm-hmm. they're both, you know, resources for Christian families. Scarlet Spectacles is the book that really connected us. And you won the Grace Irwin Book of the Year Award, the Best New Canadian uh, Children's Book, and the Best New Cover Design in the 2020 Word Awards. And so that's how we got connected when I saw this name coming across and all these wins. And then I saw the book. It was just so adorable. And um, yeah, so how great was it to get all those wins? Oh, well, I'd say that your phone call was probably the best one of the year, most likely. (laughs) 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 It was great to receive that call. It was just really humbling. You know, I I had heard about the Word Guild um, just a little bit before and heard about this contest and thought, well, I'll give it a shot. And, and, you know, maybe it, it could get a little bit of attention or I would have been thrilled if it was shortlisted. 
So to then have it uh, get that kind of attention, I'm just so grateful, very humbled and very grateful, um, because obviously I, I hope it gets into the hands of more people. So when, when people hear things like this, it's obviously, hopefully, going to move that aim forward. So very thankful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, and I think that this probably won't be the only time that the Word Guild, you know, awards Janet Surratt something because you have some upcoming books now. So your next book that's coming out, maybe you could just share a bit about that. Grandma's Lessons. Sure. Yeah, this one's called Grandma Lessons, and it is unlike um, the other two, which would be in the the Christian market. This is what we call the general market, and it's being put out by a publishing company in New York by the name of Skyhorse. And so I don't actually have a a full release date on that. I believe it's uh, sometime into next year. But it is just really a celebration of the sweet relationship between grandmothers and grandchildren. So uh, it's, it's either each little phrase and picture will either be endearing or somewhat comical as you kind of poke fun at, at some of those cute idiosyncrasies that, that we see in those relationships. So I'd like to say that it's charming and fun and celebratory uh, for that sweet relationship. So I'm excited to see that come out. Yeah, that is really exciting. So that's going to be in 2021. And mm-hmm. then you also just found out you're going to be publishing another book. Yes, I, I, I wish I could give more details. I can't at this point because mm-hmm. it's very preliminary, but very excited that uh, a Christmas book called The Christmas Quest is going to be picked up. Um, so more details to follow on that. But as, as we may yeah. talk later in the show about a passion for transmitting things, just really passionate mm-hmm. to get some of these biblical messages out that are, are, are solid, are historically, biblically accurate, but are still a lot of fun and, and adventurous. And I think that this one does that. So really excited and uh, more details will come as I can share them. Yeah. So, the you know, the teaching segment talks all about how important it is, how much scripture talks about passing on your faith. You know, it's important for us to pass on our faith to anyone. But there's a lot of scripture that's really pointed at passing on our faith to our kids. I know you are involved in women's ministry, so you're passing on your faith to women at churches and events as you're speaking. But you are absolutely passionate. You know, in the little bit that we've gotten to know each other, uh, I am hearing it through so many of our discussions, but you're just absolutely passionate about passing on to children, the faith that you have and and really truths from scripture. And so mm-hmm. how did that passion to pass on to the next generation really come about in your life? Well, I think it would probably be because um, my parents raised me to know and love and serve Christ. And my mom would always say, there's nothing more exciting in life than a life spent serving the Lord. And so mm-hmm. being raised with that and then and then coming into adulthood and finding that's completely true, um, I, I just want to combat the world's message to the next generations that say, this is the way to go and this will deliver happiness, joy, delight, purpose. Uh, but it doesn't. And so, you know, if I can take some of these life-changing 
uh, life-altering principles that we see in Scripture and, and package them in a way that, that children can understand and then, and then assimilate into their thinking when they're young, then uh, that's going to serve them so well as they get older. And the Lord's given us creativity, right? So to think that we can take yeah. the, the truth of Scripture and marry that with these beautiful um, attributes that He's implanted and, or designed in humanity is really exciting and fun. It's, it's just a delight. So that's my aim then, to marry those two things. And so, you know, we talk uh, in the teaching segment um, about failure to transmit. (laughs) And, you know, that Mm -hmm. you you think that there's so often, and we look at the next generation and we hear about it, kids leaving the church and, you know, turning away from their faith that they were raised in. And so Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about this, what... What sort of issues do you see that really block our way of transmitting our faith to that next generation? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think part of it is we can't give what we don't have. So if we are not people of God's Word, if we are not studying, if we are not uh, living this out and seeing, or cooperating, I guess I'll say, with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, then we don't have that to give to our kids. Um, So I think that that's the main thing on the part of the parents. And then I think with children, we just have to help them see, and as we'll talk later, by living it in front of them, we have to help them mm-hmm. see that there, there's just no better alternative in terms of how they are to spend their life. And, and we're competing against a lot of uh, distractions for this next generation. So I think that our, our light, our testimony, our grace to them needs to be particularly bright with everything else that's glitzy and shiny that's, that's in their sight. Okay, so one of the things I'm, I, I heard two key things that I want to pick out, and I hope our, our listeners really got this. The first thing you're saying is you can't give what you don't have. And so we need to have that vibrant faith as parents, as aunts, uncles, you know, people in the church that are teaching Sunday school or wherever we are. So it's got to be in us first. And then I'm hearing that the packaging makes a difference. Well, I think so. Uh, I mean, it's younger children. Like, I think that we can read God's Word to them, and we know that it's God's Word that transforms people. Um, so it, it is powerful and it's active, but there's also this concept of, of age appropriateness, I suppose, and children being young. So if we can take some of these things, you know, as, as Jesus Christ on the earth would use stories and examples and um, symbolism, if we can integrate some of that as well to help them receive it, then I, I, I think that can only help. Yeah. And I and I think looking at your book, Scarlet Spectacles, it, it won mm-hmm. not just for the writing, but it also won, won for the best book cover because mm-hmm. it it draws you in. And interesting when the judges looked at all the books to be considered, and I don't know how they do it because there's mm-hmm. so many of yeah. them, of all the books winning in each category and other things that get brought up to the next level to be considered for the Grace Irwin Best, best Book of the Year Award. Um, both they said that the first book that they took out of the boxes were your books and your book. And I think there's something about that, that the packaging, you know, we can just say, oh, just give them Jesus. And yes, but I think God wants us to do things with excellence. And your book was 
absolutely done with excellence. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's, you know, really a a beneficial thing. If we want them to to really grab a hold of it, we've got to be concerned of how we're presenting the package. Mm, I agree. I I mean, it was easy to do in a sense with a fantastic illustrator and B&H Publishing, just did such a great job. So when you work with people who are committed to that same excellence and, and they're the pros and they know what they're doing. So though they were very gracious to uh, give me, I think more input than I've heard most authors uh, have been permitted to have in that create visually creative process. Uh, I'm just really thankful because it was really neat to be a part of that, but uh, they, they do know what they're doing and they, and they have uh, just a wonderful group there. So it was really delightful to work with them. Yeah. Well, we are going to have to take a break right now, but we will come back and discuss more about, you know, some of your tips on how parents can actually pass their faith on to the new generation, the next generation. And then also to really, you know, see some of those great messages that we can find in your books. Hmm. Wonderful. Sounds great. I'm Janet Surrett, and my music pick for Soul H2O Radio is King of Kings by Hillsong Worship. In the darkness, we were waiting to the King of Kings. We are open. We're open. We are open. We are open. We are open. We are open. Curbside, contactless, online, or in person. However you've adapted, let Toronto know you're open for business. Connect with Joy Radio's growing network of GTA Christians today. Learn how at joyradio.ca slash sales. That's joyradio.ca slash sales. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Well, we are back with Janet Surrett. And Janet, I ask all of my guests to share a Bible study tool and tip. I know they've already been hearing how, you know, God's word is, you know, your faith is important to pass on. And so what can you share with the listening audience? Something that would encourage them and inspire them, um, you know, a tool or tip for their Bible study time. Sure. Oh, it's nothing big. It's just that they need to understand the whole Bible. I'll expand. Oh, nothing um, big. <laughs> nothing big. No. What, Just the whole Bible. That, understand the, the totality, I guess, of God's Word. And of course, this is a long pursuit, but we need to do that instead of treating the Bible like an encyclopedia. So what I'm finding is maybe a common thing is we're, we're not in God's Word much, uh, so we're not entirely aware of what it says. And in this wonderful age of Google, we, we now encounter a problem, a, a spiritual issue. I need wisdom. I need insight. And so then I'll, I'll Google a Bible verse. You know, I'm looking for a mm-hmm. Bible verse on parenting. But, and I'll explain maybe an example about that in a minute, but what I've come to see is that when we encounter a a problem, a situation, or we need wisdom, it's like we're at the optometrist. You know how at the end of the room you've got that that chart, and it's fuzzy? Mm -hmm. Um, But we want to start to see that more clearly, and so you've got that funny contraption in front of your face, and then the optometrist clicks down a lens, 
and then you'll usually see it a little better. But then that's not usually enough. And so sometimes there's many different lenses. And as he continues to click those down, eventually we see what was fuzzy. We begin to see it clearly. And what I've come to find over my years and in, in dealing with women in ministry is that we're, we're too tempted to quickly grab one verse and then we're looking at this fuzzy situation and we put that one little lens in front of our eye and we really don't see things clearly because there's so many biblical principles that come to bear on any given situation. And so if we don't maybe understand some of these principles, like a certain verse or concept in light of God's character or the purpose of humanity or the broader story of redemption or, or the realities of living in a broken world, if we don't see all of that, then we're, we're going to misapply or that little Band-Aid verse isn't going to be effective. Um, I'll give you an example of that. So in parenting, let's say I maybe need to, to deal with something with one of my kids, and I can just go to Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. So I figure, okay, I've just got to go discipline this child and, and lay it down and make sure that they obey. But if we start to drop some other lenses, like Proverbs mm-hmm. 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Or Ephesians 4.26, be angry, but do not sin. Or Colossians mm. 4.6, let your speech always be gracious. Or even 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, where Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So all of a sudden, like all of, out of all of those verses, only one is a parenting verse. But as we yeah. layer all of those different verses we start to see with much more clarity. And that layering gives us, it it tempers appropriately our responses to different circumstances. So I just, in this age of Google, we have to be careful because we can be a little bit lazy where maybe I don't put in the time or the study to really become wise as God's word gives us opportunity. And then in an attempt for a quick fix, I grab one little lens, but we might be looking at these circumstances a bit blurred. So that would be my encouragement, is to invest the time. It's years, and it takes our lifetime, but we have this time. And as we do this, I think we're going to come at our life circumstances and our decisions with more clarity. I think that was brilliant, and especially as we're talking about passing things on to the next generation. If we want a failure to transmit, I think Mm. the easiest way is to just hard nose that and be like, I'm just right. going to discipline. And you take that one verse and it gets misappropriated, misappropriated. And mm. uh, like you said, doesn't have the, the other lenses from scripture. And so it is so dangerous when we, you know, hyper focus on one scripture and not include you know, what the Bible is saying in general. And I even think, you know, another verse to add to your list. I think we are going to have to get yeah. Georgia to put these in the notes. But you you mentioned such great scriptures here about raising children. But another one where Paul talks about don't exasperate your children. Mm-hmm. You know, parents mm-hmm. could get so focused on that one verse about discipline that, you know, their kids just won't want to take on their faith. So great advice right. there. Right. And okay. what would be your favorite Bible verse? Hmm. Well, I, I suppose that changes. I say I kind of depends on what book I'm studying. <laughs> but what but yeah. I would say, yeah. I, I was supposed to teach through the book of Colossians for a few conferences this spring. Unfortunately, they were canceled. Mm-hmm. But after sitting in Colossians for a long time, uh, I would say it would be Colossians 3.17. 
which says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And the reason this one is so significant to me is it, it comes after a passage where uh, Paul is is pretty much saying to his audience, you, you need to you need to dress like this. You sort of have this spiritual uniform. He talks about all of these character qualities you have, and he presents what is what I would call a representative philosophy of Christian living, um, where you just you look like Christ, and then this is a beautiful testimony to the world. And it's really contrasted with the chapter before it, where he says, don't listen to people who are all about these rules, and do this, and don't do that. It has an appearance of godliness, but it has no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So I would say that having my eyes on wanting to represent Christ instead of worrying about where the line is and how close I can get to the line of sin without crossing over it, having that that ambassadorial representative mindset has most changed or, or impacted me in my fight against sin because I want to represent him clearly. And so I, I don't look at the line. Who cares about the line? I just have my eyes on him, and I want to look like him and represent him. And so then sin becomes uh, distasteful, and increasingly so, as I do that. So that representative perspective is, uh, I think, really transformational for me. Mm-hmm. As we just focus on him, the other stuff just becomes inconsequential. I think mm-hmm. that's that's really great advice. You know, we're not, mm-hmm. you know, worried about sin management. We're worried about the relationship right. with Christ and everything else will flow out of that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, as we, you know, we, we're talking and, and trying to keep the focus on that transmitting the faith to the next generation, you have mentioned a verse in Judges 2 verse 10 also where it says, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Mm-hmm. And I think in our generation, <laughs> it's a dangerous thing where young kids today really don't know what God has done in the past in our country, in their families. Mm -hmm. And it's just so important that we do take the time to let them know, because they're not going to hear about it in school. We know that for sure. Um, You know, I was a young kid when you know, Christian education was taken out of the public schools. And, mm-hmm. and so there's, there, there are three C's that you and I have talked about and you mm-hmm. shared, and maybe just, you know, for just a minute, if you can share those three C's that you um, help others to really implement to be able to pass on their faith to the next generation. Right. Uh, the first thing I think we try to do, and I'll say for all of these things, they are we're not doing it perfectly, but we're doing it progressively, so I'd say. Uh, but we aim for it to be constant. And uh, this may horrify some of your listeners, but we have never been great at regular family devotions. Um, mm. But this will probably liberate a lot of your listeners. But as yeah. we try to instill or live by that Deuteronomy 6 all along the way, like speaking of these things, when we sit and walk by the way and lie down and rise up, we are just constantly looking to input that theology and doctrine and biblical life purpose into the everyday. And um, one of my favorite authors is Paul David Tripp, and he said, you just need to get from go to God and back about 50 times a day. So if we can keep all the way along constantly bringing that in, I think that will help transmit. 
Uh, the second thing and I'd just say in those practical yeah. things, right? Yeah, like you're driving in the car, you you notice, you know, flowers on the side of the road, and you talk about how God is a creator. Just those those really practical things, but that they're not so stuffy, but they're just that's the way to make them constant and not constantly annoying, right? Yeah, and, and my kids are getting used to me always having these moments of worship. You know, we have beautiful spring and, and the, the gorgeous colors of fall, and I'll say, isn't it amazing that God tilted the earth? If He didn't tilt the earth that little bit, we would never have these, but He did. What a good and kind God. Or or my, my most funny example is, um, you know, they are getting used to me doing this, but they were in the kitchen, and I, I walk out of the bathroom, and I, I say to them, girls, have you ever really thought about the digestive system? <laughs> a lot of groans with that, but it's it's really yeah. when you stop and think, everything connects, whether it's what he's done or his purposes. So yeah, that mm. constancy I think is really important. Okay, um, so constant. What's the next C? Constant. The next one would be consistent, and and in two ways we need to be consistent. Uh, one would be consistency between our belief and behavior. You know, we can stand there on a Sunday morning and we can say that we believe that God saves us and breaks the power of sin and begins the process of progressive sanctification, where we look and speak and love and serve more like Christ every year. But is that what our kids see? So we need to make sure that what they're seeing in our home is consistent with what we profess in our, you know, Christian circles. Uh, so that's Absolutely. one way it needs to be cons- Yeah. They have to yeah. see that. I mean, the yeah. hypocrisy, you see how much God hates it. Christ, when he was on the earth, he really took uh, the Pharisees to town on that. So it's just, it can't have a place in our homes yeah. if we want to transmit Absolutely. our faith. Absolutely. And the last C... Yes, the last C would be that it's compelling. Uh, my dad, uh, Eric Hartland, used to always say there's two doors that your children have to walk through and find something completely different from the world for the faith to be compelling. And that's the door of your home and the door of your church. So mm. our kids, based, based, we really have to get to the point where based on their experience in our home, there is no other logical choice for them but to serve God and to want to live by his unmatchable wisdom, because it, it, everything else in the world can, uh, pales in comparison. So I love that two-door example, and that's been really uh, at the forefront of our minds for our kids to see something dramatically different from the world in our home and to have them in a church setting where they see something beautiful and vibrant and alive and compelling. That's so good. So parents, you want to be constant, consistent, compelling. And it's not just parents, you know, if if aunts and uncles and grandparents and, and the people of the church can be that to the, you know, that next generation, that's when we won't have this failure to transmit. We will actually transmit to this next generation the faith that has made such a difference in our lives. And, you know, I want to talk about some of your books that the two that you have published and you know we we talked about okay that it's important we all get it that we need to transmit something good to our kids and what sort of things should we pass on and I think your books are great examples of what we need to pass on and so your first book that you published I 
absolutely love this. So I saw Thank Scarlet you. Spectacles first, but I really, really love the message of the prince and the gift. And it's a little mm-hmm. bit longer than Scar- uh, Scarlet Spectacles. But, you right. know, what is the, the true message that you're trying to get out to transmit to the kids about their faith in this? Right. This one, I would say, um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's as faith perspective, but it it, it really was designed to combat the prevailing uh, message of the world that you matter more if you're physically beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's something that they are constantly bombarded with. So with the Prince and the Gift, the imagery is such that it's really trying to show people that that what what makes a difference, what makes you a blessing, and what makes you a treasure to others is who you are and uh, not what you look like. So, uh, you know, I love the symbolism that's in that. That's a slightly longer allegorical type story. Um, but, yeah, it's just, just something that was there to combat the message that is deceiving, especially a lot of young girls in our society. I I love the messages that come out as she has this gift and all of a sudden the the stones appear and they have words in the on them you know of kindness and goodness and selflessness and and all these things that her gift to go for the prince is building up as she is being kind to others and doing good whereas all these other girls in the the kingdom are you know you know trying to get the best dress trying to get the most expensive gift and then I loved how also then when the prince presented his gift to her, that it was full of all goodness, too. And there's just uh, so many incredible messages where girls are getting the opposite message from this the world today in magazines and TV. Your book can really help, you know, young, uh, young kids, young girls to really learn about what's important to to work on our character more than just our, our cuteness. Yeah, well, they, you know, the thing that's so tragic is that they can be tempted to spend these becoming years, these very important becoming years, promoting, and it's all external often, right, especially with social media, mm-hmm. promoting instead of preparing. And so I've been trying to tell my girls for years, you know, just use these years to be who God wants you to be. And as this mm-hmm. beauty of, of character begins to grow, if God calls you to be married, then you are that person that will be a treasure to somebody else. But yeah, not to waste these precious years just promoting, 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 but there's really nothing of substance behind it. Yeah. And then Scarlet Spectacles, as we just close out this interview, that book is just so cute. And you. the the simplicity of the message, you know, from First Thessalonians 5.18 and passing on to your kids, you know, the the message about becoming thankful and grateful is done in mm-hmm. such a unique way in this book. And um, is, was that a real important thing to pass on to your girls? Yeah, well, there was uh, one of my girls, the name's pretty obvious, uh, when she was younger, struggled a bit with that whole concept of gratitude. And so, you know, one day you just use that example of, you know, choosing which lens you look through. So, yeah, so that was an idea that was born out of a real-life, you know, situation or struggle that we had here in our home. Um, But, yeah, it was just really fun to use that imagery and was something that I really hope would be helpful. Um, But one thing to note is I had to change one word, and this is the fun part about the the publishing industry, is um, I really wanted it anchored in right doctrine because the reason we can be thankful is because 
of God's character. We know he is a good and kind God who has enacted an incredible plan of redemption for humanity. So regardless of what difficulties we might encounter, we can trust him. Because, and so in the, in the book there, it says, Scarlet finally understood that God is good and kind. So if we look with grateful eyes, there's always good to find. And that word so before was and, as if they were two separate matters, but it's connected. We can look with grateful eyes because of the, the good character of God. And we know that whatever we encounter, there is good that will come. Hmm. Such great truth to be able to transmit to that next generation in both of your books. And I know that will be in the next two books that are coming and all those that follow. So, Janet, I just want to encourage you to keep writing with that next generation, you know, focus before you. Um, I just can't wait for people to go on our site and to get the links to find your books, because I know you will love reading them, you know, whether it's in Sunday school or in your home or, you know, in the home of your niece, nephew, grandchildren, you will just love these books. Um, so Janet, thank you so much for sharing your passion with us to, to pass on this, your faith to the next generation. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, Sherry. It's been a delight. I hope you feel the urgency that God has tried to fill you with to pass along your faith to the next generation. It's important to him, and the amount of scripture that talks about it makes that point crystal clear. If it matters to God, it should matter to you. Have you ever wanted to do something but just didn't know where to start? Well, I think the awesomeness of this calling to pass your faith on to the next generation can seem so overwhelming. To help you break it down and to be able to have some sort of guideline to follow, I've created a downloadable list of faith principles and characteristics to pass on to your children. If you want to avoid the failure to transmit your faith and leave behind a loving legacy, I encourage you well, actually, I challenge you today to download the faith principles and characteristics to pass on to your children. Get that list and implement it into your life using the principles that I presented in the teaching segment. In case you forget what they are, let me refresh your memory. Make sure to implement this list and be intentional to teach your kids about God and his word. Make it natural. Make it fun. Make it applicable to their life. Be real. Back up your talk with your walk. Discuss the difficult things. Repeat the lessons and then let them choose. Thanks for listening to episode 34. Remember to check out today's show notes for the two freebies, one that I just mentioned, and also that downloadable sheet on the right heart of discipline with verses mentioned by Janet and I during the interview. Make sure to check out Janet's books for children. You're gonna love them, and I believe they'll become family favorites in no time. Come back next week for episode 35 to hear Ann Maines and I talk about learning how to spread comfort to others in need that God originally gave to you while you were going through something difficult. Anne shares her healing journey through cancer and how God helped her to publish a devotional book to help you journey through the tough times. 
next week on Soul H2O. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.